I've been so excited to do a podcast. It's been a, a really much needed uh, release for me, and I've kind of been just jotting down a bunch of different ideas that uh, that I can kind of talk about or write about and do more blog posting. I've also been doing a little bit more of that uh, and just trying to kind of think about what's what's what would be fun for me to talk about or what would be fun for me to write about as opposed to always kind of, um, you know, going off of current ideas or, you know, things that I'm getting from what I'm reading or what I'm listening to or podcast or other things like that, but instead just kind of thinking about what would be fun for me to talk to. So today it's going to be a little bit different, a little bit tactile. Um, and for those of you guys who listen to this mostly for, uh, you know, health and wellness, I think that you guys will like this a little bit more than maybe some of the mental health stuff that we've been talking about. But what I want to talk about today is just kind of the common trend in health and fitness and gyms really specifically that are going back to what I consider to be a big part of the problem to get our society where we are now. And so we're going to kind of dial this back a little bit and think back to when we started to lose our health as a society. And I think you can kind of path this back into like, the 80s and maybe early 90s. Now, granted, obviously, I was like four or two or not born yet, depending on what year we're talking about. I was born in 85. And when you kind of start thinking about that, we look back and I think about a simpler, less technological time. And before we had technology, I think that people were generally just more active, period. We walked more. We weren't so reliant upon cars to get us, you know, from A to B so consistently. And maybe even we shared a car or maybe we lived in a small town and you would walk to the grocery store or walk to the neighbors or play. And that's what a lot of kids did, right? Is for those of you guys who grew up in that area, you probably think back fondly to being a kid. And mostly you think fondly about playing and being outside and running around your neighborhood or, you know, your schoolyard or whatever it was. And somewhere along those lines, the the concept in, you know, an anchorman, it always makes me think of anchorman when we think about, you know, jogging or jogging. It's, and just think about like, oh, this is a new thing that we've had to create because people are becoming more lethargic. They're sitting in front of the boob tube or TV long and too long, and they're spending more time on the sofa, and we're starting to sit more at work and use our brains more to make money than our bodies. And if you think about more the Industrial Revolution and going through World War II and into the 50s, really the vast majority of Americans made their money from working with their bodies or working with, you know, physically in some capacity. And it maybe isn't always necessarily like truly manual labor, uh, but, you know, it still was for the most part kind of going into something where you're using your hands and on your feet in some sort of a, you know, factory or on houses or other things along those lines. As we start to walk away from that in our society and start to get closer and closer to things like advertising and insurance and banks and banking being some of the major companies inside of America, 
you start to kind of walk away from that. And as we kind of pair that up with, you know, television and some of these other technological advances that made us sit more often for longer periods of time, we started to kind of lose sight of our own health and fitness there. Now, thankfully, we were still eating pretty good uh, throughout the majority of that time. We really weren't doing much processed foods or processed carbs. Most people were still cooking and making things. You know, if you guys think about your grandparents or your parents who are maybe are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, they were still very cooking oriented. We weren't doing a lot of fast food. We weren't doing a lot of fast food dinners and things like that. And so when we start to look into, you know, I always peg the 90s. Let's just think about the 90s as a big part of the problem. And really, I see if I could target one thing in gyms, I target the treadmill or maybe the recumbent bike, however you want to look at that. And then I think on the other end, I think about, you know, nutritionally, I think about the bad nutrition habits that we have, but I'm going to focus on the gym for today. And so we look at the treadmill and all of a sudden overnight, this industry was just born where every gym now just had this bay, this huge bay of treadmills that took up the vast majority of the real estate. And that's a lot of times gyms like that's expensive real estate that they're spending a ton of money to buy these really expensive new treadmills and put them in their prime real estate in their gyms. And so then we pair that up with a ton of advertisements. So if you own a treadmill company and you own a big gym, now you guys have a huge incentive to start pushing to magazines and advertisers all of these treadmill and running workouts. And really the running culture was born then. This wasn't something where like everybody was doing marathons and everybody was jogging and two miles here and five miles there and all that stuff. That wasn't the way things were. And so now we start to look at this is kind of the the way that we're going. And the problem is, is when people did this, we started to lose sight of a few different things. First and probably most importantly, we really lost sight of resistance training. And that's what I'm going to focus on in the later half of this podcast is really weightlifting and building muscle mass is the secret to health and fitness. If there's one secret, it's find your way to maximize building lean muscle up to a certain point. And we obviously have to continue to work on our aerobic power and our aerobic capacity. Uh, while we're doing that, like, obviously we don't want to be, you know, 220 pounds of lean muscle, but we can't, you know, walk upstairs because our aerobic system is trash. But this kind of shift to more and more real estate going towards treadmills and less free weights was a big part of why this started to happen. When we pair that then with the introduction of Nautilus machines, okay, so we think about free weights, right? And when people think about free weights now, (laughs) this is what's so funny to me. They're like, oh, I'm going to get hurt. And oh, that's dangerous. And it's, there's nothing keeping it stable. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? We can't keep this external load stable. And so we have to put things on cables and auto path it for you. And the worst example of this is those stupid squat stations that like, clip in and like guide you up and down like those are like the most unsafe things of all time but anyway um i digress on that but that's what we create so we create these nautilus machines and now you take more free weights out of the picture and you put in these autopathing machines and what do most of those autopathing machines have a seat 
Now we can sit down and do fitness. And we can do that at the same time after we run on our hamster wheel for a while. And this became normal at gyms. Like, think about how how just insane that is. Like, if you really just take yourself into that situation and think about, but like for us, for 20 to 30 year olds, that's your normal. That's the gym that you're used to walking in and seeing. But if you were in a 50s physical fitness class or gym class and you walked in to a modern gym, you'd be like, what the fuck is all this stuff? Like, what is, what are all these weird futuristic machines? And it, it wouldn't make sense. And then it, the exertion of it is so dulled down that you're not actually getting anything out of it. And so we got all of that completely wrong, right? Trying to take away the forced stabilization that our body needs to go through for free weights is a main chunk of why that's good for you, right? That's what we're building is the ability to stabilize external forces because all throughout our life, whether you're raking leaves or carrying the leaf bag or up on a ladder or moving around, picking up, you know, suitcases and carrying those and all this other stuff, no matter what you're doing, you need to be able to control your external loads and your balance under those external loads so that you are a safe individual going through everyday tasks. And as soon as we started sitting down and doing cable crosses and running on treadmills, we started to lose that ability. And what I find so interesting now is CrossFit has done an incredible job of changing that. And they are an industry changer. And the amazing thing is they came in and they started, you know, really going against the grain on a lot of this stuff. And I'm a big believer in like, okay, let's look at the problem objectively. We have a problem. Our society is getting less and less fit. This path over here is what everybody thinks is normal health and fitness. And that's not working. This new thing over here on the other side is going against everything else that people think of as normal for exercise. Yeah, that looks good. Let's do that. Like that makes more sense. And then you start doing that and then you get way fitter than you've ever been in your whole life. And it's like, okay, well, this is pretty obvious. The thing that kills me now is CrossFit is an incredible training program. It is probably the best physical fitness program. Functional bodybuilding is pretty damn good. It's a very, very close second if I had to peg anything else. Uh, but then it's a pretty long drop off to in terms of just benefits, health benefits for you, both from a metabolic standpoint an aerobic standpoint, a disease prevention standpoint, lean muscle building standpoint, all that stuff. It has a huge leg up on whatever the next fitness type would be. And but the thing that's crazy to me is less than one or two percent of our American population are actively looking to pursue CrossFit. And so you ask why? Right. And I think about this all the time. Obviously, it's my job to think about it, but I think about it all the time. Right. Why? And one of the biggest answers we get to that is it's dangerous. Why? Okay. So let's think about that. Right. So, so what do you do? Right. It's like, oh, well, I personal trainer, I go to Orange Theory or I go to this or I go to that. It's like, great. So you're doing the safe, but inefficient workout. 
which in reality is less safe. Like if we think about that, you have to change the way you think a little bit. Like if we are actively trying to, you know, again, same thing, be safe on ladders, be safe moving stones around my backyard or, you know, moving wood around and chopping down trees and all this other stuff. And I don't know how much you guys are doing that, but let's just say like maybe going through the airport and carrying your luggage and getting things off the top shelf safely. If that's the stuff that you plan on doing a lot and doing that safely, well, Unfortunately, most of these new popular, you know, micro jams or new popular workout concepts are going back to the quote unquote safe reasoning behind why they're doing stuff. And so they're going on, we're, we're trying to lower the barrier of entry. We're trying to make it easier. We're trying to make it safer. We're trying to make it less intimidating and that's how we're appealing to people now with our health and fitness. And it, it just, it drives me batshit crazy. It's like, okay, so you're, we're sitting here and like, we have this, this health epidemic and we keep saying these things and doing these things and these advertisers and these marketers and these people keep coming out and keep inventing things and selling things and telling people these things that are just like, no, like that, that is not correct at all. That is not right. That is going to make you skinny fat and skinny fat is every bit as unhealthy in terms of your health and wellness as being obese or severely obese. There's, there's no difference. You're going to be at the same risk for chronic disease. And while you sit there and think like, oh, well, you know, I, I agree. Some exercise better than no exercise. And I'm excited that people are out there and looking for something to do. But we have to understand that we need to get people involved with weightlifting. They cannot be afraid of external load, free weight resistance training. They have to understand that building lean muscle mass is what raises your basal metabolic rate, is what's going to help you fight against diseases, is what's going to help you fight against cancer and all these other things. That is what we need to start focusing on developing. And all of these magazines and advertising agencies and gyms that try to scare women outside of, oh, you're going to get so bulky if you lift weights, total bullshit. That's like one of the biggest lies that's ever been told. People have no concept of how ridiculously difficult it is to get big and bulky. And so this is what I tell people all the time, right? I wanted to get big and bulky. I dedicated my life to getting bigger and bulkier because I was a super scrawny high schooler and I hated being a skinny kid and all I wanted to do was put on size. And so I dedicated myself. I, w I used to literally eat eight eggs for breakfast with about like a quarter pound of cheese on top and toast and bacon as well. And then I would eat about six chicken breasts throughout the rest of the day, not including the protein shakes I was taking. This is when I was in the army and really trying to put on size. And that was my everyday. That doesn't even include carb consumption, which was a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and all this other stuff. And now granted, I understand that that's not healthy, right? But I really wanted to put on weight and that was what I needed to do to put on muscle mass, right? Now, I also put on some fat because I wasn't doing that very efficiently, and I've since learned how to do that better. And that's why I try to guide people to now is we want to always be putting on lean muscle mass. Always. Once we start to get into our 50s and 60s and 70s, our ability to put on lean muscle mass 
goes just down the drain, right? It is not easy, it is near impossible. And so by the time you get to 60, you need to have a pretty hefty amount of good lean muscle working for you. And then you just need to really focus on maintaining that muscle mass as best you possibly can and building functionality, mobility, and good heart healthy aerobic training. And so this is a part of the issue is there is a huge lack of understanding and women are pushed to be fearful about putting on weight, right? Or be putting on muscle because they don't want to appear bulky to other people. And really what you're saying when you say that is, I don't want to be healthy at the expense of possibly maybe in the future looking slightly too muscular. Yet at the same time, a lot of those women struggle with, well, you have sagging skin, or you have you know loose fat sitting around your body that jiggles and you want to get away with that. Well, guess what the answer to get both of those fixed are? To have a little more lean muscle mass. That's how you avoid those things. And so it's a catch-22. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, I don't want to put on muscle. I don't want to be big and bulky while simultaneously saying, oh, well, I also want to get rid of this under my arm fat and my chin and I want to have tighter looking skin right? The answer, those answers are, you know, counterproductive to each other. So we start thinking about that, right? If we think instead about how we want to view health and fitness is building lean muscle mass, right? Then we need to start focusing, okay, well, what are the most efficient ways to do that? Well, the most efficient ways to do that are to lift with compound exercises, right? Do that under a good tempo, good eccentric loading, proper movement and good mechanics and mirror and mimic the things that you're going to be doing in everyday life. So I deadlifts are like the most functional thing that you can possibly be doing every day. They're also the most compound lift that you can be doing. And so it's kind of one of those things where like if I were to write an article to talk about how to make America healthy with one exercise, it would be teach America how to deadlift. And that's it. Like that's if more Americans learn how to deadlift properly, deadlifted an appropriate amount of weight, and then did some like general, did everything else that they were doing, they would be more healthy. They would be better off for it. And so now like I see these new programs coming around and I see, you know, I, I do a lot of different things. I just went to shred 415 the other day and, you know, I've been to Orange Theories and I've been to all these other places and they try to like, put these faux weightlifting things in and you know, they're like, okay, over here on the side, we're going to do a little bit of, you know, like step ups holding dumbbells and their step ups are like 12 inches. And maybe we're going to do a couple goblet squats or a couple of this, a couple of that, but there's no progressive adaptation, no progressive load, no really deep compound lifting that stresses your central nervous system and so then in reality, you're just kind of pulling the wool over people's eyes enough to say that you do resistance training, which isn't incorrect, but not enough to really get the real purpose behind external load lifting, which is building lean muscle mass. And so it's it's just kind of a farce a little bit. Now, again, it's better than nothing. Like, I, I totally agree with that. But I don't think that our our focus, our goal as gyms or as a society, as a leader in the fitness community, my goal isn't to be, eh, it's better than sitting on your ass. Like it's not, it's not a great marketing slogan. Eh, it's better than sitting on your ass. I want my answer to be, this is the most possible efficient way for you to get exercise and be incredibly healthy and operate at your peak performance for the rest of your life.
That's the answer that I want to have to that. What are my dollars going to? Why am I paying to come to this gym? That's my answer to the question. We are going to help you maximize building lean muscle mass, learn how to eat healthy, build aerobic health at the same time, and mobility, functionality, and flexibility are also going to be a major focus for us. So by the time you get 10 years down the road, you're going to be fitter in every possible measure that we can, provided that you do, you know, you follow the training program, right? Obviously, if you come and you work out five days a week, but you eat like an asshole, you're probably not going to get there all the way, right? Or conversely, if you eat absolutely perfectly, but only come once or twice a month, you're also probably not going to maximize your lean muscle mass growth that way either. And so it has to be a little bit of both. But we're sliding, we're slipping, we're going back into that realm. And we're going down the exact, and you know, I'm a history major and history repeats itself. And unfortunately, I feel like history repeats itself really fast these days. Technology has only sped up us making the same problems with greed and with desire and all these other things. It just speeds it up. It doesn't change anything, right? Who you are on social media, it's not like social media changed you as a person. It just amplifies who you are as a person. And so as we start kind of looking at growing and going forward as a society, it's like, man, we are, we're just, we're backsliding. We're, we're going backwards. And all these food documentaries and all these new, like this is this new thing. We don't need a new thing. We had the right answer in the 1950s. Like, eat more organs from real, well-fed, you know, wild animals and go to a gym class where you climb ropes and carry each other in sandbags around. Like, that was right. It's the simple answer, not the complex answer. And I think as we start to kind of go through the next 20 or 30 years, I think in reality, you're probably going to start to find that in, in most cases, that was the right answer. I just read an article the other day that the U.S. suicide rate is so high that it has actually affected our average lifespan. And for the first time in like 100 years, our average lifespan was lower in 2018 than it was in 2017. And that's because our suicide rate and our chronic disease rate is so high that we're starting to basically kill each other off or kill ourselves because we don't get it. We don't look at the problems the right way. We are constantly going through these things to seek like it. Advertisers have gotten to the point where they are so good at understanding what you are afraid of and what you are actively trying to actually look for that they can just, they, they target you in every way now. And as you start to look through some of the marketing and advertising things now, I was walking uh, Maria and Eric through this a little bit last week and just showing them. It is incredible. I think people kind of generally know what's going on, but don't pay much attention to it. If you go to a website now, there's probably like five pixels that get tracked on you. So they know what you searched on Google. They know what websites you went to, what things you clicked on, what topics you looked for. They know what things you search for on Amazon, what things you like on Facebook, what posts you read, how long you watch videos on Facebook. If you did it on the internet, there are marketing groups tracking you. And so they know if you're afraid of being overweight or if they're, if you're afraid of being bulky or if you're single and you're looking for other people. And guess what they do? They prey on that. 
they push it forward on you and they make videos targeted specifically to make you feel a certain way to go and make a buying decision for that, which is a huge argument as to why just get off your phone, get off the internet and go spend a little bit of time at the library, which I've been doing. And by the way, our library system is incredible. We are very, very lucky. And this new Dublin library is going to seriously kick ass. And I'm pretty excited about it. But I just go there and read sometimes. And they have an amazing array of you know TV shows or books or all this other stuff. And you don't need to go and buy all this entertainment and all this just crap all the time. Because when you do that, they start to realize what your fears are what materially you want. And as you start to spend more time on the internet, they are going to force you to spend more time on the internet. That's what Instagram is. That's what Facebook is. That's what Amazon does. They know that if they can just get you onto their page, that you're going to stay there for 20 or 30 minutes or 40 or 50 minutes. We looked at some of the teenagers uh, screen time this past week and they're 16, 20, 23 hours on social media in a week. And so that's an advertiser's dream. They could never in their life hope to get 23 hours of time on the radio or on, you know, a TV show or on the Super Bowl. And now they've got millions and millions of people sitting there on social media all day long and they can target and pinpoint exactly what they want to show you. And all of that is just this like gigantic, like it's like you're wrapping your head around it and it just is infuriating because all they're doing is creating businesses that we don't need and material things that we don't need. And they're just pulling the wool over your eyes so that you'll go and do this thing thinking that it's going to be exactly what you wanted, right? And so I'm constantly in that boat of thinking about how can we, as friendship, how can our team, how can we be contrarian to that, right? How can we be offering more and more that is the right answer, that is not trying to sit there and achieve vanity or, you know, just appeal to people just for the sake of appealing and selling, but rather do the right thing, give the right answer, and unfortunately, a lot of times the right answer comes out to be, yeah, a little bit harder. It comes out to be maybe a little more expensive. It comes out to be more time talking and planning and meeting with others. And yeah, like that's that's a little bit more work, right? But it's the right answer, right? And so if we think about it instead, it's like if we go and we join a, another facility and that facility doesn't push us to eat better and it allows us to do just the exercises that get our, so a treadmill and, you know, rowing and biking and step ups and stuff. And it's just the workout just to give us enough, just to feel like we've worked out, but not so much that where I'm like, Oh man, that was really like, that was super challenging. Like that really took me for a ride. That was maybe one of the hardest squat sets I've ever done. For those of you guys who did squat cycle, I think pretty much on repeat, we heard that's probably the most challenging day that I've ever been through. Yeah. Good. Like that's, that means that you are now doing something that you've never done before, which will get you a result that you have never achieved before. 
But a lot of these new facilities, and even a lot of times at you know Planet Fitness, when you know we see people who will kind of come from a CrossFit, maybe they'll get dinged up or they'll take a break and they'll go to a Planet Fitness. And what do you do? You take it easy on yourself. You don't stress yourself. You don't start to work into a progressive system. You don't work on building lean muscle mass. And and so we we need something where you are constantly in the state of moving the ball forward and doing the more challenging, less shortcut oriented right thing and not just appealing to the advertiser and everybody. I worry though, if we think about the long term, people are just going to get so used to having such targeted advertisements very specifically for exactly what they want and not announce more and not announce less that it's going to start to become the game. And we've already got there a little bit, but it's going to start to turn into the game where you're never doing the right thing. You're just doing what these people want you to do, right? And that's the idea behind like, you know, a Peloton or, you know, now they have a Peloton for like a treadmill and they have all these other things. It's like, okay, we are going to just maximize, you know, convenience and, you know, give them again, just like enough of a workout to feel like a workout, but we're really not doing the best thing for them. And I'm sure that there's a huge subset of people. And if we were to talk to most people that do Peloton and I was to talk to them about building lean muscle mass and building a high basal metabolic rate and all of those positive health implications that we get from, you know, lifting weights and building lean muscle and building more functionality and more strength, more mobility and all that stuff that you're not going to get on Peloton. I'm sure I'd probably get a lot of back of like, oh yeah, I don't care. Like, I just want to, I just like riding the bike and I like the classes. It's like, all right, you know, that's cool, I guess, until it's not cool. And so it's it's kind of this constant focus on that. And so what I want you guys to kind of think about is, you know, are the people around me, are there people in my life, are my parents, are there people that I care about who don't actively engage? And if you talk to my parents, my parents have pretty much fully decided that, you know, they, they don't want to work out at Friendship, which is, you know, I'm fine with that. That's fine. I want them to be happy. I want them just like everybody else. I don't care if you work out at Friendship, but... I do, if I care about you as a person, I do care that you're doing the right stuff. So you can ask both my parents. I said, you need to find somewhere where you lift weights. You need to find a coach. You need to find a training program and you need to be doing resistance exercises, squats, lunges, deadlifts, pulls, pull-ups, horizontal rows, all those different things. You need to be involved with that. And so they do, right? And they don't do it with us, but they do. And they have seen success with it. And that's what's important. And so if you guys have people in your life who are really important to you, do a little audit on what they're doing with their time. Are they actually building a good hedge against a future? Are they actually building good lean muscle mass, better functionality? Are they a more formidable, harder to kill human being this year than they were last year? That's what I want. That's what I want for all of us. That's what I want for all of our people. That's what I want for my family. That's what I want for your family. But it's like pulling fucking teeth sometimes because there's just so much misinformation out there guided by advertising and marketing and all these other places that are huge businesses and they support multi-million dollar, you know, advertising campaigns. And when we did some market research and we found out what Planet Fitness and every Orange Theory individual franchise location spend on advertising, it's 
jaw-dropping, right? They spend almost our full, the Orange Theories in Columbus spend our entire operating revenue just in advertisements over a year. And so when you start to look at that stuff, it's just like, man, can we even make a dent in it? You know, can I, or do we even have a fighting chance as, you know, independently owned small business CrossFit gyms? And, you know, for a while, like I used to worry about that stuff, but now it's just like, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing and it's the right answer for people. And just believe in that if you do things that way, if that's the way that you're operating, then on a long enough timeline, you'll be okay. And I hope that that's the way that, you know, things continue to go. But, you know, this week I read a really interesting blog post talking about the future of health and fitness and where, you know, it was, it was telling me as a gym owner where I should start to position myself for the future so that I can maximize my profits, right? And it's just like, and every single piece of it was, you know, invest more in technology and, you know, less in people and get them, you know, start figuring out how you can develop training systems for people to be able to do treadmill workouts and stuff at their homes. It's just like, man, I just, I don't know if I believe in it. Um, you know, I want people to do what makes them happy. And I think that that's really important also. Um, but I don't want people to do the stuff that makes them happy so much so that it comes at the cost of their own health and wellness and maybe even their happiness in the long term. And that's where I think the disconnect is, is a lot of people might hear me and might hear this stuff and they think, well, you know, that makes me happy. I enjoy doing that though. And, you know, that's a catch-22. Like, awesome. I'm really happy for you. You should absolutely be doing things that make you happy. But sometimes we have to take a step back and we have to do the thing that maybe we don't love doing because it's the right answer, right? And that's like eating vegetables, right? I hate eating vegetables. It is the worst. Like, I will literally throw up in my mouth when I eat broccoli. It is terrible, okay? But I know I have to do it. Right. And so I make smoothies, I make shakes, I figure out a way to make it happen so that I can get my nutrients and vitamins because I have to, I need to, because I know that's what's best for my health and wellness and development. So I can be a happy person and be with Maria for the next 50 years, be around forever, keep kicking, be in great shape, be happy and positive and all that other stuff. Never let myself backslide. Right. Now, if I was following advertising trends, I might invest in some Advocare supplements or some super greens or, you know, this pill in vitamins and maybe some other stuff to get around the problem of not eating vegetables. Because, of course, if I just buy this product, that will fix the issue instead of just taking the issue face on. Right. And so that, I guess, is the biggest thing here is you need to be doing resistance training. You need to be putting on lean muscle mass. You need to be exercising your muscles. It's good for you. It's necessary as we get older for everything that we all want, both aesthetically from a performance perspective, from a health perspective, we need to be doing that. Okay. Just like we need to be getting protein, we need to be getting a variety of different omega fatty acids and amino acids, and we need to be getting vitamins and nutrients from our food, right? Vegetables, fruits, etc. Those are things that we just need to be doing. And so people just need to start thinking, like, get the choice out of your head. Like, it's just, these just aren't choices. These are things you do, okay? Just like you would view sleep as an obvious, right? Obviously, I'm going to try to go to sleep tonight. 
Obviously, I'm going to show up to work this week because I have bills and I need to make a paycheck. So too, should we start to look at our health and fitness trends? And so think about it. Think about if there was an advertising company who came around and said, hey, you don't need sleep. You don't ever need to sleep again. Imagine what life's going to be like with an extra eight hours a day. All you need to do is take this pill and this pill is going to fix your sleep habits, right? Well, that sounds pretty appealing. I get all this time back, right? I, at the end of the year, I get an extra 33% of my time to be productive and to do other things, right? But right now when I sell that to you, that sounds too good to be true. That sounds like that's not healthy, right? Healthy is sleeping. Sleep is great. I love sleep, right? I don't ever want to give up sleep. You can sell me all the pills in the world. I'm still sleeping. I love it. And But it sounds too good to be true. Well, it's the same thing that these health and fitness places are, go, are going through. It's, you know, do you want a summer bod, lose 30 pounds in six weeks, lose this, lose that, do this, do that. And, you know, get your summer bod, get ripped abs, get this and take just, and then boom, it's like an advertisement for a shake. Oh, I want that shake, right? Or it's, you know, you know, come here and we're going to get the best one hour workout ever. And it's like, let's, let's do it and let's kill it. And this is going to get you this amazing body and you're going to be so happy. And it's going to be this. And then, you know, you're just like, eh, well, that actually doesn't get you your best body, right? In actuality, I still need to eat healthy. I still need to do workouts. I still need to come in and spend my hours. And so it's just, we're not getting our bang for the buck there. It's just not the right answer. It's too good to be true. They're just pulling the wool over your eyes. It's just like, man, you know the worst instance of this? Army commercials. Oh my God. They have a new army commercial out. And I, it, it is it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. They basically just took a Call of Duty, like uh, what level, and put it into this this fancy commercial with this fast-paced music and just like, you're going to be in a Humvee and leaning out of the side of a helicopter with a machine gun and pa 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 Just like, oh, that's so incredible. That looks awesome. I'm going to sign up for the army. And it's just such a load of crap. It's just like, it's not, that's not what it's going to be like. And even if it is, you're not going to really want to be actively in the middle of doing that for the most part. And even if you do, there's going to be a bunch of other shit in the way that's going to piss you off beforehand. And it's just going to be another job, right? And it's that's what it is. And yet, advertising stuff, it always makes it seem more amazing and cooler than it is. And so I don't know why health and fitness is like people feel like they can't see that. Like they don't necessarily look objectively at this stuff and they just kind of buy in. And I think a big reason is they've done such a good job of understanding emotionally, you know, hey, this person, you know, they track everything. This person took this supplement, this supplement, this supplement, and they belong to a gym and they're still searching for supplements or they're still searching on Google, learning about nutrition, doing this. Clearly, they haven't yet lost the weight. Awesome. Let's do more advertisements to them pushing, you know, hey, did you try this and it didn't work? Well, what you need is this other thing. And that's what's going to get you over, you know, the finish line. That's what's going to get you to your goal. It's all just such a load of shit, right? It's just, it's just it's all just fabricated. It's just a farce. It's just not real. And like the sooner we can start wrapping our heads around this, the sooner you can understand that no matter what 
the question you're asking is, no matter what problem you are facing, no matter what struggle you have, the answer is way simpler than everything else on the internet is telling you that it is. It is way simpler. It is probably a very, very, very obvious and boring system that you're just not really that into dedicating yourself to yet. Or you want to hack it and you want it to be faster and you want this and you want that. But that's just not the way it works. Any successful career, it takes grinding, it takes learning, it takes failing, it takes coming back when nobody else is willing to and everybody else would struggle and most people would quit and you're still the guy or girl that showed up and kept putting in the hard work. That's what makes the success, right? You look at the social network. It's a great example of a movie. The Winklevoss, Winklevi, right? They had an idea. Why aren't they the creators of Facebook? Well, because Mark Zuckerberg stuck to the process of building his code and you know looking for investors and building a business, and he stuck to it. There are a million other could-be, wanna-be social medias out there, but he's the guy who stuck to the process. He didn't go and look for other people to do the work for him like the Winklevosses did. He knew how to program, so he just did the legwork for it. That's true across any situation, right? There are very, very few times where you're going to find somebody who has found success in any in any system, in any different, you know, world industry or, you know, methodology who hasn't just dedicated themselves to a very simple fundamental process. That's what life is about. And I get really upset and you guys can tell this is probably a little more ranty than I'm used to, but I get really upset when I start to see people. And and really this has been Marie and I've gotten into a couple arguments about this recently because she started to be on Pinterest more and she started to spend a little bit more time online shopping. And a lot of that stuff is like for our house and she wants to start fixing up furniture with her dad and do some of these other things that I'm very supportive of. But the problem is, is Pinterest is an advertiser's dream world, right? You get all of these, and I'm going to generalize here. I know men are on there, but um, they get all these women who are interested in home decorating and home projects. And man, if there is an easier person to take advantage of, I don't know it because I'm just going to use this example. I've probably beaten it to death. I've talked to it about a bunch of people and I'm sorry, Maria, but She bought a $162 trash can, okay? And it's stainless steel, and it's got a trash can side and a recycle side. And we just, we didn't need that at all. And it literally was just a byproduct of her just sitting on Pinterest for too long of a period of time, and it just convinced her, and boom, oh, look at that, look at that. You've got stainless steel appliances, And here's this stainless steel trash can that would be very nice for you. And you just searched recycling bin trash cans on Google and you started to look. So now everywhere you go, whether it's Instagram or whether it's Pinterest or whether it's Amazon, I'm just going to start peppering in these little stainless steel trash cans until you start to convince yourself enough that you need that. And that's what happened. So sure enough. Got a $162 trash can now. There's nothing wrong with our old trash can. Nothing wrong at all, right? It's just, but that's it. And I I just, I got so mad at her because it's just like, 
you're just be it precipitates you being put in that situation because you're on your phone so often. If you are on your phone and you are spending time and you're looking at things, you are probably going to be getting down a path where advertisers are going to take advantage of you. Okay? That's why we need to be very intentional with who we give our attention to, what we give our attention to, and how we give it. And then stay fucking skeptical, people. Like, stay skeptical. It's 2018, and this technology shit is, like, for real. Like, this this AI is going to just do nothing but get way more invasive in your life, and it's going to begin to cost you serious money and time and heartache when, in reality, a lot of times what you need is a good book, a good conversation, and more sleep. And not you don't need to buy this season of that and this new DVD player and this new cell phone and this new app and this new computer and, you know, X and Y and Z. I'm trying to think, you know, of all the other crap that people um, keep, that I see all the time. It's like, uh, you know, Amazon really wants me to buy an Apple Watch because I wanted to buy an Apple Watch for our Christmas parties giveaway. And so, man, now you would not believe how many different ones I'm getting put all every every Internet medium I can be on. I get Apple Watch advertisements now. It's just like when I was doing a presentation earlier in the year and I did an ab blaster. I did this as a joke, right? I put up an uh, one of those things that shocks your abs to give you abs and I put it up as a joke. But then for like the next month, I just got a bunch of advertisements really centered around abs and it was just like check out this new ab machine and this new ab machine and this ab machine is definitely going to get you abs if that ab machine didn't get you abs and so that's the world we live in now it's going to just keep getting worse and so you guys have to be very 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 intentional with what and what you give your attention to and who you allow to manipulate you and that's it and that's the biggest nutshell So start to talk to your people, start to talk to your friends, start to talk to your family and just talk about like, Hey, are you guys wasting your time at your gym? Are you, are you, have you tracked? Are you building lean muscle mass? Are you improving in your performance? Is your mobility better? Because if it's not, man, like I I hate to tell you, like you might be improving some small metrics here and there, but they're temporary. Aerobic and cardiovascular health are temporary. They come and go very quickly. Lean muscle mass is something that takes time and process to build, and it takes time and even more process to lose because, again, our basal metabolic rate raises. So even if we do quit and we do put on a little bit of extra weight, your basal metabolic rate is higher, and so you're still at less of a chance of becoming obese or unhealthy. And when you do in the future get back into health and fitness, it's going to come off faster because your muscles can contract more. They can contract harder. They can contract faster. That burns more calories. So I can get super deep into this. This is already very long. And sorry that this is a little bit ranty, um, but I just get so, so passionate about trying to put people in situations where they feel like they are safe because they are making a the right decision, right? And they're not going to get advertised to and they're not going to get into a situation where somebody doesn't have their true best interest at heart and you know that's what we're trying to accomplish at friendship and you know love luckily I, I work with a lot of different other crossfit gym owners and the thing that i love most about crossfit is crossfit gym owners really do for the most part feel the same way 
and they're just trying to help people. And a lot of times we don't, you know, if we wanted profits and we wanted big money and we wanted to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in advertising, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. We would have bought a franchise for something and we would have gone into big business or we just own a Planet Fitness and not give a shit and hope 99.5% of our members don't show up. But that's not what we chose to do. We chose the harder path, the path that takes a dedicated process. And that's what we're recommending our clients to do. And so, you know, this needs to be the same thing that we look at in other parts of our life also. Relationships are a huge one, right? You can't synthetic, you can't bullshit your way through a relationship. You have to dedicate your process to loving your spouse. It needs to be something that you really focus on. You need to communicate and you need to do all these other things that, yeah, everybody talks about, oh, they're cliche. You know, what's the secret to a good marriage? Uh, communicate. Uh, well, that's lame. What else, right? They always look for something else. It's like, no, lame, boring, simple, system, do it. That's the answer. That's always the answer, right? There's no secrets. There's no secrets to life. There's no secrets to happiness. It's just dedicate yourself to the process. Keep kicking ass and, you know, never stop. And then just be resilient. Um, and that's it, is people lose resiliency. And as soon as you lose resiliency, then you're susceptible to the bullshit. Then all of a sudden, people are going to start preying on you. And just don't let that shit happen. Don't let yourself get soft. Don't let yourself start to lose your mindset. Be contrarian. So... Hope this spoke to some of you guys. Sorry it got ranty. I know some of you guys only listen to this for the rants, so maybe you guys enjoyed that. I love you guys. Have a great weekend, and uh, I hope you enjoy. A large Buckeyes and Browns victory week and victory weekend coming up. Let's go. Uh, getting into uh, getting into football lately as uh, we finally have a professional team that looks like a professional team, and that's pretty exciting to me. <laughs>